Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. I hope your morning is just as chirpy as what you're hearing in the background right now. Today, we bring you on a flight to the latest development of the Mandai Rejuvenation Project. As the final birds from Singapore's Jerome Book Park make a great migration to their new home, Bird Paradise. From Southeast Asia's paddy fields to dense African rainforests and even South American wetlands, visitors will soon be able to get up close with some 3,500 birds from 400 species as they walk through eight aviaries designed to mimic these natural habitats. Ahead of the park's opening on May 8th, we're happy to have with us Dr. Luis Neves, uh, Vice President of Animal Care at Mandai Wildlife Group, to share more about this exciting development. Very good morning to you, Luis. Good morning. All right, most of the birds have already moved into bird paradise. How are they taking to their new environment? Well, the birds are really thriving, really exciting to see them uh, do so many natural behaviors that we didn't see before. Uh, so if you go there now, you get to see them really flying in much larger spaces. It's been so nice to see them coexist with different species too. Mm-hmm. And we, we have many species already starting to build up their families. So we have just a couple of days ago, some ducklings at heart of Africa. We have many dove species already breeding with us as well. Even hornbill chicks we have. So it's been really exciting to see them really settling down and starting new families. Any interesting anecdotes from your team of keepers that they are actually adjusting very well? Well, I think if anything, it's been a very emotional period because some of us, myself included, have known some of these birds for over 10 years Mm -hmm. and always in a very different setting. And to now be able to see our our older friends, right, in such a large space that they never had before and see them do things we never saw them do before as well, flying, uh, interacting, actually finding food on their own because the areas are so large that you have lots of insects and little things that they can look for. So it's been really great to see how their welfare has been so much enhanced by having these larger spaces. Dr. Lewis, we hear that the penguins will be the last to waddle their way over. Why is that so? What tests are there to ensure that they'll be able to make themselves at home at the new place soon? Well, penguins are very delicate birds as far as temperature goes. So we really want to make sure that one, the system is quite stable because we need to keep them at 12 degrees. So we we are still in the period of making sure that nothing goes wrong. And at the same time, we're doing the final touch-ups of cleaning up the tanks. They have two very large tanks to swim in this time, seven meters deep. The penguin uh, exhibit is actually three times bigger than the one in Jurong. Mm. So uh, we are looking forward to receiving them sometime this week in, in their new place. So it is obviously no mean feat moving so many birds. We're curious, what kind of species were the most challenging to move? And can you share specific examples of what your team had to think of in terms of the bird's safety? Did you customise transport crates, for example? Yes, absolutely. So moving 3,500 birds is no easy feat. And we really wanted to make sure that every single species needs was well uh, accounted for. So the, the easier ones, if you want, were the ones that we could uh, just put in commercial uh, transport boxes that we could just somehow customize. So we put perches for the ones that perch, we put mats for the ones that stand on the ground. But then the more complicated ones are the ones that require a bit more of thinking are, for example, the penguins, because they need to come in ice boxes as well. And also the larger animals like the cassowaries or the cranes, because they're very strong. And because of that, they can actually injure themselves. Mm. So for them, we actually, uh, first of all, we work into conditioning them to be quite comfortable 
voluntarily going inside the crates whenever possible or if anything else to, to come to smaller areas where we can easily just get them and put them in the boxes. And the boxes are actually padded inside. So in, just in case they get spooked in the short drive between Jurong and Mandai, if they do somehow hit the sides of the box, they won't get hurt because there's padding on the sides, on the bottom and also on the top just in case they happen to jump. Just tracking back a little to the conceptualization of Bird Paradise, which was many years in the making, when planning the infrastructure of the new aviaries, what were some of the key considerations? How did your team apply specific experience from Jurong Bird Park and adapt them to this new concept? Well, when we designed the Bird Paradise, we really wanted a place that celebrates birds and bird life, and we wanted to connect people with birds. So we felt that the best way was actually to have Humans and birds share the same space, and this is where the, this concept of the age, very large habitats came to be. Obviously, we also want to have an educational component to this, so that's where the different biotopes and being able to separate animals by geographical zones comes to happen. And we wanted the birds to really have a much better quality of life. What we knew 10 years ago is different from what we know now as well. So our knowledge regarding the birds' needs and animal welfare always increases. And we really wanted to build a park that will be ahead of its time, just like Jurong was when it was first created. So I think we really managed to do that. I think we are all very proud of Bird Paradise. And I'm really proud of my team for everything that's been done so far. And if you, when you go there and visit us after May 8, what you will see is, is a place that really celebrates birds and humans alike and really allows this, this emotional connection to be established. And hopefully it will also make people a bit more aware of, of what we do as far as conservation goes but also what people can do themselves to help the birds, uh, minor things, behavior changes that we can do on our day-to-day that can really make a difference as far as saving animals in general and the ecosystems. Now, how did the team figure out what species can be put together and coexist? Well, the baseline of this is, is knowing the species biology and making sure that we only put together animals that would naturally coexist in the wild and obviously wouldn't predate on each other. But then it comes down to the individual characters as well because they do have their own personalities. And sometimes even if species A is supposed to be okay with species B, there might be one individual that is a bit more pushy. So we do need to kind of try that out. We were able to do much of this trial even before in Jurong because we started moving species around to make sure that we had as much as possible the final combination of species trialed and and well-established before coming to bird paradise. And this was just to minimize additional stress because once they come to bird paradise, the space is larger, they need a bit more of time to find shelter, to find food, to find their old friends. So we wanted to, as much as possible, minimize avoidable additional stress here. So we tried to the, to the best of our, of our abilities to actually have all the mixes done beforehand. Okay, we understand that some of the species, especially you know, birds like cockatoos and lorries, are very friendly and they might yes. land on visitors to the immersive aviaries. What is your advice to visitors? Should that happen? And are the keepers looking to condition them to behave otherwise? Well, I'm not worried, but our birds are very uh, social and they're very curious. And uh, species like lorries, cockatoos, macaws, uh, they're quite used to us, so they're quite comfortable around humans. And in a way, that's great because it allows you to be very close to them. But we do need people to understand that there has to be, in a way, a safe distance between humans and birds. And this is more for the bird's safety. So uh, our keepers are on site to make sure that everyone gets to experience the place 
but if a bird does land on you, if, it, if the bird just, uh, we have a couple of cockatoos that like to wait for people mm. at the position building because they just like the attention. It's, it's great to be close to them, but do respect them. Don't try to pick them up. Don't try to touch them. And if you have any questions, approach our staff. And if a cockatoo lands on you, which it might, it's okay. Just walk it off and, and just they, eventually they will go away. But if not, my, our keepers are there and they will help you. Don't, don't panic. And, but the, we are still conditioning them to try and be a bit less curious about people as well. Yeah, as I was saying to my producer, Kiting, it's all part of the experience, adding to the experience of being at the new concept of this bird paradise, isn't it? Yes, because it brings you so much closer to birds that before you could never get so close to. So these cockatoos were always in smaller areas in Jerome, for example. And they were always very curious about humans anyway. But now they get this opportunity as well. So it's, it's also a learning experience for them. And we'll work on giving them a bit more of uh, space for them to be around. But uh, I think it will be a great place to come and connect with the birds, and you'll get great pictures of as well. Are there teething concerns that your team will be looking out for when the park opens its doors to the public? Well, perhaps this one is one of them, right? To really make sure that no, no bird kind of goes home with anyone <laughs> and, uh, and, and that people really are not, in a way, putting themselves or the birds in, in an awkward situation. Uh, besides that, we're just continuing to make sure that everyone that is together uh, is, is getting along fine and that everyone uh, is finding their food, their friends, their shelter, and that at the same time, uh, everyone is settling down well, and our keepers are on site, our vets are on site, just to make sure that if anything does look a bit awkward, we can act immediately uh, before it becomes serious. Okay, taking a more macro view, how does this development fit into the overall direction that Mandai is taking, especially with the park's focus on conservation? We really believe in a world where people and animals can thrive together. And we feel that each one of our parks has a different story to tell. But ultimately, we tell our story and we inspire people by really connecting them with, with the animals. So obviously, Bird Paradise will take on the, the huge heritage that Jurong Bird Park had as far as avian conservation. And because it's, it's the only park we have that focuses heavily on one group of animals, obviously, it does have a very special place in our park ecosystem, so to speak. It's really our flagship for avian conservation. And when you go there, you'll see many examples of uh, very important conservation projects we have uh, together with Mandai Nature, our conservation arm, not only throughout the different aviaries, but we also have a very special area called Wing Sanctuary where our conservation programs are highlighted. And we also have a, a very, very uh, state-of-the-art uh, breeding and research facility that people can actually visit if they take our backstage pass experience and they get to see a bit more up close the conservation breeding work that we do. And so the, the bird paradise just complements the night safari and the zoo as far as being one of the major hubs for specific conservation areas, in this particular case, uh, birds, obviously. All right, thank you very much for your time this morning, Dr. Lewis. But before we go, we've got a special something for our listeners. Take a listen. <laughs> Okay, that's a little welcome note. One of the Moluccan cockatoos left for you ahead of the opening of Bird Paradise. We have been speaking with Dr. Luis Neves, Vice President of Animal Care at Mandai Wildlife Group on the opening of Bird Paradise. Thank you very much, Dr. Lewis. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.